0: Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Since this is episode number 300, I want to know, how are you really feeling? Old. I just (laughs) feel old. Like How how so? I feel like, well, first of all, this is the longest we've ever worked on anything. Okay. This one episode. We haven't missed a week of doing podcasts in almost five years, which is sort of nuts. And so I was looking back... In preparation for this episode of, like, all our Instagram photos, I was trying to count up how many Pata shirts we had worn over the years. As an exercise? Yeah. just I, I just like to know. Keep your, keep your mind young. Yeah. I'm like Rain Man. <laughs> and I, I counted them up, and it was uh, 78. <laughs> yeah. But I I was looking through, and I saw an episode early on, and I was just like, who is that person? Was it you? No, no, it wasn't me. I'm not. <laughs> no. It was uh, you an said you were old? I don't know. It was an artist that like was very of that time. Wow, really? And I didn't recognize them on on first uh, impression. I mean, obviously, I remember their name. Yeah, <laughs> you know what is what is the number three hundred, right? It's it's not different than two ninety nine. It's not different than three hundred one. It's just it's a number and it's a marker of time. It's just like wow, I've been doing this one thing for a long time. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about it in in that respect. It is interesting to sort of see yourself age slightly on Instagram, but uh, all in all. I agree. This episode is just like, you know, 200 or 201 or 299. Oh, I thought you were going to count through all of them. Yeah. But for me, I look at 300 and I say, well, shouts to us for living by the tenants that we've always stood it's the real on, which are consistency and quality. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we've been talking about this throughout the week and and you've been talking about specifically how... We could have stopped numerous times, you know, when an artist cancels or when. Or how about when your equipment like shits out, you know, like I I remember we had to replace the mixer one day when someone was coming over in like an hour. I remember we used my old laptop, which would buzz like just like it was going to blow up. Yeah. And so you had to hit it. Like the fond. Yeah, you sort of like, you like know, like during episodes. Hope that hope that it would keep going long enough to stay recording. We made it through uh, moving apartments. You know, we never stopped and, and we treated it, whether we were getting paid or not, Mostly as, a, not. as a professional yeah, don't, operation. Don't say paid or not, no, Let's no just no. say not. Right, but, but you treat it like a professional operation and it becomes one. And, and that's the answer to all the people who are on YouTube who are surprised when they just find out about us that we can get a guy like Cameron to come to our apartment or we can get a guy like Jeezy to come to our apartment or we can get a guy like Rick Ross to stop by our apartment and talk for an hour and a half. And if I just thought that we tricked everybody. If there's, if there's anything that we can stand on, it's that we keep elevating and keep putting out dope content that lasts. Shout out to us for, in the face of a lot of obstacles, doing what a lot of people I feel like wouldn't do. And there's a lot of young podcasters out there who ask us very regularly, what's your best advice when you get started? And the answer is don't stop. Well, it's also just do it. Like, you know, you might have a 9 to 5. Do it at at 6 o'clock. You might have $30 microphones like we did when we started. You might have GarageBand, which we still use to this day. It's it's something to start. Don't care about the numbers, don't care about whatever audience is there or not there or in your head or whatever. Just do it and keep doing it yeah. and eventually you'll get up to a number that has some uh, sort of meaning because yeah. there's all these executives out there who are just looking for the next thing. And, and hopefully so, that's you. Yeah. And hopefully that's us, you know? We we've we've been the next thing for a while and we hope to become that next thing and maybe it happens on episode 301 but it was important to us to get somebody up here for this round number this number that has great meaning to whoever can i just ask are we going to celebrate for 350 as well you know because like we did 200 we did 250 yeah i i don't know (laughs) i I don't feel like 350 is a number that people care about unless and i'm very willing to do this Mm -hmm. we do an episode in the back of a ford 350 truck that would be great how would the sound be since you're the resident <laughs> probably, like, engineer it's it's probably not great but hopefully by episode 350 we can find a solid engineer when you say the back of it you mean like the the bed like it's a pickup truck mm-hmm. uh, maybe we're traveling <laughs> maybe maybe we're not i would be willing to travel an hour and a half and do an episode in the back of a pickup truck on the highway you know what guys i'm not going to say the destination let's just sort of like go what let's just sort of go let's just sort of go man that's that's it that that's the advice i give to young podcasters let's just go isn't that like a mazda uh i don't think so slogan let's just go i I, think no no, i'm pretty sure it's not like just drive or something i don't don't (laughs) think that's it i don't think that's it just but i do want to get yg on for episode 400. 400 yeah got it yeah that's smart i mean we do love a pun yeah Um. Now that I think about it We really should have done Two Jews and Two Black Jews Review the movies For episode 300 Watching 300 Damn Is it too late To kill this episode How about us Mm -hmm. And the locks In the back of a pickup That would be a lot of fun By the way What? The five of us In the back of a pickup truck Doing an episode On the highway We wouldn't fit Also It'd be great Styles would throw me over Again Yeah (laughs) All right. So even better. We will fit. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, there's a lot of room in the back of a Ford 350. I can't wait to we get sponsored. This episode is sponsored by the great Ford Motor Company. Yeah. American made. Let's just go. Let's get built Ford tough. Jeff, Joe Budden's on the podcast today. Do we say that already? I don't know. I don't know either. Joe Budden is on the podcast today, and we were thinking about who we wanted up here, what would be very meaningful for... An episode where it just shows how long we've been at this, how much we've excelled and elevated, and Joe is the perfect guest because he, like us, is a creator who didn't let things get in his way. When things did, he made a big stink of it and rose above that and has continued to put out dope content on a regular basis, and the Joe Bun Podcast is clearly... Your favorite podcast. We're the third favorite. And we are your third favorite. So Second is up for grabs. Yeah. With, with that sort of delineated, mm-hmm. first and third, that's up to you guys. Yeah. It's just facts that Joe Budden Podcast is number one. Yeah. We're number three. Someone's in the middle. Yeah. You guys figure out who that is. We're not going to tell you who your second favorite podcast is. It's two Jews and two black <laughs> and two movies <laughs> in the back of a pickup truck. That's exactly right. Yeah. Jeff. When do you want to get into this episode? Right after I tell people really quickly. You know, we, we don't ask much of our audience. We don't ask much of our supporters. But we've done 300 episodes of our podcast. And if you can just tell people to listen to any one of our episodes, even if you're in the Joe Button universe and that's all you care about, we've done great episodes with Maul, Rory, Parks, Ice, uh, Nadeska. I'm trying to think who else. Just There's been a lot of people. Our who, first Joe Budden uh, interview. They're all great. You should check those out. Start there and see where else it takes you. There's 300 episodes to choose from. Hitmaker was on here. We've had a lot of Joe Budden's friends and Joe Budden himself twice. Jeff, when do you want to get into this one? Right now. All right. You ready? I've been ready. No, oh, I know. <laughs> I just didn't want How to How many stop times to... <laughs> are you going to ask me if I'm
1: ready? Turn this shit on. <laughs> well, what are we doing here? Introduce me. Hi. What the fuck?
0: <laughs> All right. Ready, Jeff? Mm-hmm. Um, Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Stepped On Bricks, a.k.a. Billy Jean. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. 300 Down, a.k.a. the New York Knicks in the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys. <laughs> hey, you guys. <laughs> there we go. No, you guys put on your fucking radio voice. You're not even going to do your... Yo, you're not even going to do, like, Joey Kings? You're not going to bring that out? <laughs> no, 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 Those guys are sick. <laughs> Joe, buddy, here with here with my
1: guys. <laughs> want what's supposed to be an off day, yeah, but somehow I'm doing it hard. All right, well let me finish Just the intro. This how much I love you guys. Oh, we, oh we, now we, now you. Yeah.
0: Yes, <laughs> really. your third favorite podcast. To waste time with the thrill. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what's happening? <laughs> Yo, (laughs) Joe, man, like 100%, we wanted to bring someone up here for our 300th episode that meant something to not only podcasting, but to our career, and when we think about the almost 13 years that we put in to creating content, you were one of our first supporters, one of our first collaborators, Mm -hmm. and uh, all through the years, you've been supportive of us, and Mm -hmm. you've been a part of everything we've done, and we just wanted to say thank you, and uh, and hi. Oh, man, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. hey you guys that made me
1: feel tingly inside
0: no but, but it's true it is
1: it, and it's true we and all, congratulations thank you thank very you much. much that's important
0: we all you know came of age in the blog era i think really like you know found our lanes in that spot do you miss the blogs no not, not at all you no. don't miss uh sending emails to be like hey can you please post my shit i never did that you had people do that i never had people do that really no. you didn't have relationships Wait, that's like, not true personal we got, relationships we got reached out too by people being like, "Hey, can you do a video with Joe? Can you do this who uh, I don't know the people who put the the three d's on your album. <laughs> Amalgam Digital. Amalgam yeah, Digital. They don't, they don't, they don't represent <laughs> Joe. They've never represented Joe. They've always represented their own interests. Mm-hmm. Once you turned in an album, you were just like, that's good enough for me?
1: I'm talking about that. No, you know, I was fortunate enough back then to whereas if I put something out on whatever my platform was at the time, whether it be a website or whatever we were using, um, the blogs just grabbed it. And I was grateful for that.
0: I mean, you still had to do press runs, though, right?
1: Yeah, but I mean... No. (laughs) Yes and no. I wasn't a press guy. I I hated press. Did you start out doing press for Def Jam? I hated. uh, Did you do radio runs? Yeah, and then I got hip to what that was. (laughs) And it never felt good
0: for me. Like, even when I had a song thriving at radio, it just didn't feel good. When you created Joe Budden TV on YouTube, Mm -hmm. did the people around you understand, do you think, like, what it could have been? No. Did people try to stop you?
1: No, nobody tried to stop me. Nobody really paid it much much attention until it got started getting attention. And then what? Then they wanted to monetize it. Uh, no, nobody ever tried to monetize my video. Damn. Mm. And I think that was that was before the ads, and that was before YouTube was really evolving. Like you couldn't even put a vi- put videos up longer than ten minutes. At oh yeah, time. yeah. Uh, so it was a struggle. It was a struggle, but once it got moving, it got moving, and then it got moving too much, and people didn't really want to be involved because it was too much visibility back then for people. So we just it just stopped.
0: People being like Tahiri?
1: No, because we broke up, but I had, a, I had a million different ideas to continue, and even toward the end of Tahiri and I, other people, uh, friends, uh, shit like that, they yeah they was like no
0: get that camera (laughs) on and then they wouldn't be so real in front of it right Mm. well I mean your supporters are very vocal and very much like attached to you right like I mean like you have a very uh loyal loyal uh fan base yes I would say so did you feel when you were assigned rapper that you had to fit into a certain box uh yeah I'm gonna say yeah
1: I'll, I'll say yeah to that Not that I so much felt I had to fit inside a box. I never felt that way personally, but I did feel that the game in general puts you in a box.
0: Well, who were some careers that like you were trying to emulate?
1: None, I think I just kept picking things up along the way. And the more I picked up, I didn't see anybody else really emulating, uh, really doing anything that I would emulate. Like I very quickly learned that I would be for a lot of people like, that was a, but I was competitive about it, so I thought, I didn't know. You know, I had to learn on the fly that, okay, no, you dissing people, they dissing you, it gets to the streets, it gets real, and, so that was unique. Like, whoever I admired before then, they didn't go that route. I quickly learned that I hated a, I hated a major. Hated a major, didn't wanna be here, hated clubs, hated whatever stereotypes y'all were trying to get me to push out there. That was unique. Uh quickly learned I didn't want to make up-tempo radio. I didn't want that to represent me. It's funny that that kind of represents me. (laughs) But Oh, man, I had a lot of plans. God just laughs at plans. But anyway, I quickly learned that, no, I was going to have a very
0: unique journey. Well, you couldn't have had any plans in, like, high school, could you? I didn't really attend high school. But high school age, (laughs) I mean. (laughs)
1: Oh, no, high school age, I was breaking the law, right? allegedly.
0: But it wasn't like... Okay, I can see where this is going to like lead me. I'm no, going to. No, I can to... never see shit. I can never, I can never see shit. To be honest. Do you think that that is
1: like help? Not then, anyway.
0: Yeah, can you see shit now?
1: I see it all now. I see. I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. Okay. All right. So. But back then, now no, I was a 17 year old, 16 year old on dust <laughs> um, was just living I was living crazy back yeah there.
0: well one of the things that we really admire about you is uh taking things into your own hands right like really being the boss of your own career as much as you can be and for us to see you take a chance to be like let's say the the Stephen A. Smith of you know rap commentary mm. or hip-hop culture whatever and go take the complex job and be able to go on multiple times each week bring something new to the table and make your opinions like the center of conversation, that was impressive, right? To do it for the time you did it was impressive. To leave, to take that leap off the ledge, also impressive because a lot of people would have just re-upped and said, okay, I'm working in this building. It's working. Let me keep doing this for three years, four years or whatever. Oh, yikes. No, no, truthfully, <laughs> right? Ugh. And But you didn't. Jesus. You didn't. That sounds nasty. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And so and so you moved on from there mm-hmm. and decided to see what you could do. Okay, the Revolt thing comes and the Spotify thing comes, but looking back at it, how nervous were you when the contract negotiations didn't go your way? Could you could you see the future? Yeah. Like honestly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's funny, I was just having kind of a similar talk last night with Brandon, who also does a podcast. Shout out to him, Grassroots Podcast.
0: Shout out to Brandon.
1: And, cause he's going through something in podcast world. I won't spill his business, but I was sharing with him that I'm gonna always bet on me versus any company, corporation, any, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna always bet on the creatives against the corporate. At Complex, and I'm going to always go into something, seeing how high the ceiling is for growth in the first place. Uh, I quickly learned at Complex that the ceiling just wasn't very high for me, per se, in terms of growth, and I was clear in where I wanted to go. And as an independent, you have the ability to be nimble. Um, You have an ability to kind of know, have your pulse on things, before them, like you're on the ground, you're with the people. You ingratiate yourself with the people and you'll beat them to the punch every time. I'm gonna always bet on that. I went to Complex at one point, Ian and I, and maybe, and said, hey, we wanna wanna start a network. Podcasting's happening, y'all don't do shit here. Take the network, we'll bring you five podcasts. You give me, well, we weren't even asking for much, 40 grand a month, and they said no. And I thank
0: God that they did. To sell ads against it, to distribute it, to promote yeah, it. Yeah, let me
1: let me build this out here. move. I, I just gave you all this show. It's working. It's thriving. Now you, you naturally would want to build on that success. But I really thank God, Ian and I thank God, that they said no, Rich Antonelli and them. So that was good, man. It wasn't so much room for growth. Um, the scary part in leaving was I had a baby on the way. That was the scary part. So I didn't know I didn't know how long the the wait would be until I was actively being paid for my work again.
0: Yeah. I mean, is it scary? Like from everyone else's perspective, you not only have like, you know, your baby's mother um, to be. You not only have another son who's going to go to college, you not only have Mm -hmm. that, but you also have people who work for you in the podcast. Mm -hmm. So it's like a lot of people counting on you to bet on the creative people bet on me. And you were sure of it. Yeah. We can certainly relate, but to like see it in someone else. Yeah, I mean, I like... think that like one of the underrated things about what we've done and what you did was to be patient. Talk about like being patient in that time. Well, I mean, we also like not having ads against your podcast.
1: Oh, man. Uh, that's, I give all the praise to the fellas for that, to be honest. It wouldn't be possible without their outlook on things. It's really not me. Uh, a big part of podcasting is the management of people. And when you're dealing with your friends and people you actually love and care about their best interest, if there's a disagreement on on something like that, ugh, it could be bad. So, yeah, no, nah, that's that's really Maul Rory, Parks. I don't even think about Parks in that way because he's from the dungeon with me. Like, he's been my engineer for so long. So... He knows what time it is. We'll do something, not get paid. You know, We're hustling out here. Uh, but Rory, Maul, the rest of the crew, and everybody, it's all, it's all them.
0: Was it difficult when you were in a, another big building, Def Jam, being that creative and betting on yourself?
1: Uh, and you're a different well, person at, at, at that, that point. point. I
0: was battling myself still, though. So
1: I was, I was clear in what I did and did not want to do and where I didn't want to be. But I didn't know the rules of the game so much. I didn't know how the game was played. I didn't really understand the business and I was at odds with myself, which is a recipe for disaster, all of it. So I spent a large part of my 20s just causing disasters, places, just because I didn't know how to to fully articulate how I was feeling. And I didn't have the proper team in place so I don't care how talented you are if you, if you don't have the right team in place you're not going to get very far and it took me a long time to get all the pieces kind of together at once back to that patience that Jeff was speaking about like yeah that it's funny that funny that yeah I would say I'm pretty patient well well when you see the bigger picture sure right. when you see the bigger yeah, cause picture yeah cuz you have to zoom out to be able to see that yeah I'm never yeah. I'm never I'm never short-terming it like when we got the when it got the complex, that contract was for, <clears throat> contract was for a year. It's like a year, and and I was coming from rapper world, right? So it was like a year in rapper world, and shit. That's that's an album and a run.
0: So you yeah, wanted to go be longer?
1: Th- no, I was <laughs> like, great, we can get in and out of that. I can go there, build up uh, build up this property, mm-hmm. and then see what you do see what you do with it once, it once you build it up, because that's the fight that us creators have. Like We can see something before you people with the money can. So the conversation we have before I build it and where you stand after it's built, that's monumental for me in how this relationship is gonna move forward.
0: So there's there's this old school way of thinking where it's like, okay, an artist you know, a a musical artist is just doing music, right? Mm -hmm. When you were growing up and you would express yourself and okay, yeah, you you are great with words and you can, uh, you you know, you can perform and you can really like put a a certain type of art out there. Were you like, oh, I can also paint or I can draw or I can do some other form of creativity and know that you're not just a musical artist? No, it was always music-based. When it comes time to do something where you're talking about what goes on within the culture and it's not just you fitting 16s in a verse and going out and performing it like you've known your whole life, are you sure of yourself that you can have those conversations on air like you can have them off mic? Mm-hmm. So that wasn't a crazy thing to walk into Complex and sit down and become certainly more than just what you were no <laughs> well, i mean you also no, had done that was that was the plan you because know, a lot of you people- had done hot 97 you had done like other things like yeah, it wasn't unfamiliar territory no but people can look at it as like all right joe is like not just a rapper anymore he's transitioning into something else well i that's why i've
1: been dead set on sticking firm to i am retired as an mc um uh, that was important for me to convey because you, I needed people to take me serious in my new capacity. I didn't want you didn't the, want
0: to have one foot in, one foot yeah, out. No, yeah, no, I didn't
1: want the suspense there of maybe he'll he'll do it. That was one side. Another side, I was clear in what I was about to go do and stand firm in. I was going to alienate myself, uh, and it was going to be some rocky roads and relationships. And I needed to stand firm in that. Yeah. That's the other thing. If you're putting your neck out there like, like that, you want to see how your business partner uh, receives that and how they treat that. I didn't like how complex they that either. <laughs> you like didn't
0: like the memes? <laughs> no, the memes were awesome. <laughs> yeah. The, the memes were great. But isn't that how they responded in that, like, you know, something happened with the Migos, right, on the red carpet. And then the response was they just put out memes. Did you want them to do more than that? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, that only happened that, that story that we've, I've told that story a bunch, but yeah. that built up to that. That built up to that. But back to what I was saying. Yeah, I told Complex to hire security and security didn't cost very much. It's in LA, it's security everywhere. And they wouldn't pay the $300. So I, went, I went to bed up there for, for me, Nadeska, academics more so myself and academics. People already hated him. Enough people hated me. So yeah, that was telling that. We go on y'all platform every day and give y'all this type of content that is not being delivered anywhere else. And y'all won't pay $300 back to the ceiling not being so high for growth, that's a, that's a sign. I don't ignore signs.
0: Did you think to yourself that um, you have no problem like holding your tongue, I can just you know, say whatever I want with good conscience? Well, yeah, I wasn't going to
1: say anything. I wasn't going to clout chase. I wasn't going to say anything that wasn't true to self, anything that I didn't firmly believe,
0: anything that would make me not be able to sleep at night. You would talk to younger artists, a Yachty or, or whoever, and convey things that you had gone through. And I we watched it, you know, knowing what you've gone through, mm-hmm. knowing what your career looked like and how you've battled certain people and certain uh, longstanding standing um, mentalities ways yeah. yeah and if people really listened to you I think that they could have learned things and understood that while maybe you were saying it loudly or maybe you were saying it and they didn't want to hear it they should have yeah New York people talk a certain way man <laughs>
1: that's that's what I chalk it up to but yeah no nah, any I'm that's one of the great things about this shit that we do too. it's, it's only to give information to the younger people, the older people. People call my phone every day, the labels, the artists, producers, the execs. They just wanna kick it. They just wanna kick it about this shit. Conversations have been open, it's awesome. Were people ever afraid that you would say things that were said in confidence? No, no, because this thing kind of started with, like the people that fuck with me, fuck with me. It's a lot of people that don't, but there's a lot of people that do. Like they know how I give it up in real life, no. You tell me something, that's where it's going to stay. I gotta, I'm got. i pretty responsible with my platform. And would
0: you just really quickly just give out something that nobody <laughs> knows I was said to you in confidence? Just burn a bridge on our podcast. No. I think it would really help us. <laughs> no. No, I couldn't do that. Was there anything you liked about the complex platform itself?
1: I liked a lot about it. Uh, I liked a lot of the creative people in there. Uh, Jinx who I still work with to this day I still like academics There's a lot of people in there A lot of people that left But a lot of people in there that I really fucked with I fucked with how they went about certain things Just other things I didn't fuck with How they went about certain things Uh, But I learned a lot there Really grateful for the experience Because I learned a lot It It was like
0: college for me What relationship did you have with Puff Before you guys started negotiating the revolt deal? Uh, not not too much of one.
1: He we we knew each other. Uh, we've been together. I think I was in uh I think I was in the studio with him when uh they were trying to come up with Ciroc or some type of alcohol. Really, I, I was there with Royce.
0: And Wait, Roy- the like the the taste profile or yeah, the like name something. of it? It's not, no, not the name. Of <laughs> it was just a liquor tasting and
1: mixing and experimenting. And Royce was uh Royce was working on I want to say the Dirty Money album. Oh, right on. And I was there, but I was just like a fly on the wall. Didn't
0: you write for like press play or something like that? Some shit. Yeah. Some shit it a lot. You never got invited to write?
1: No, no, not at all. I was not there in a creative capacity. Mm-hmm. I was just there as company to, actually that's exactly where I was when Saigon was on the radio at Sirius and him and I had that exchange. That is where I was. That's how I it's remember. It's an eventful me. evening. That's, that, that's how I remember the night. I'm like, yeah, I'll be right back.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, and shout out to Saigon. Were there moments where you were just like, "Yo, this is not how it should be going." Like, uh, in what in your career, where you were just like, "Yo, I'm at Def Jam. Like, Focus was a hit, right?" Hey, like, my, my entire career is that hits. No. <laughs> <laughs> My entire my
1: entire career, fuck you. My entire career is, hey, this shouldn't be going this way. Yeah.
0: Every, every moment of it. When did you think that things were going most right? When you were in it? Like, not like... In music? Yeah. I never felt that way. Never? No. So, in deciding to end that portion of your career, were you like, okay, now things really can go my way? Like, maybe like the way that I was living my life... No, or- I was too afraid. To stop. Uh,
1: Yes, it was too much fear with that. It, it was my, it was my only skill. Uh, as far as you saw it. Yeah, you know what? No, that's not true because I always knew that when I stopped rapping, I would be, do, I would go do radio. That's how I saw it in my head. Yeah. Because this was a long time ago. So you just envisioned radio as broadcasting.
0: Were you like, yo, Maybe I'll have to go to, like, Baltimore or to, like, Atlanta. No, I knew I would only
1: work uh, in a major city. The radio, the type of radio that I wanted to do, I could not do everywhere. It would have to be New York, Chicago, Philly, L.A. Were those also good Joe Budden markets? Those were good markets for me to be myself.
0: Right, but oh, I, for your rap career. Music, yeah.
1: Oh. mm. Shit, this is even before we was tracking all the analytics. But let's see, L.A. was always my second biggest market. So, yeah, Chicago was a top market for me. Mm. Uh, Not so much Jersey. Really? Jersey was not in my top 10
0: markets. That's crazy. That is really wild. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It really hurt my feelings as a a 22-year-old. Well, to be fair, everything hurt your feelings. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, good point. You thought that there was Mm -hmm. a radio career after your music career. Mm -hmm. Well, how did the Hot 97 thing start?
1: Hot 97 started because Tracy Clarity, at the time, the program director, uh, she saw something. I had a relationship with her, and she saw something. and, And she said, I want you to do the morning show. And I said, I've never done that. She said, I don't care. Just get up there and talk. I said, all right. And she got me a hotel in the city and I went up there and did it. And then they wanted me to keep doing it. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I mean, but like, were you nervous before you actually sat down?
1: Super nervous. I was really nervous, which which is interesting, because there's not too many times in my life where I've ever gotten nervous, like speaking to crowds.
0: What were the other ones?
1: Uh, The first time performing. Which was where? period, which uh, the Canton, uh, in journal square in jersey city
0: that's where your jersey you know movement started that's right all those jersey fans yeah mm-hmm. yeah well, sorry fans. something like that <laughs> something like that but yeah then
1: maybe my first time performing as a signed recording artist and the night before i had to go and uh, do the morning show wow that's a short list yeah i
0: love talking to <laughs> You just got to break out that shit like once and then you're all right. Who was your team like with you for the morning show? That was, what era was that?
1: Oh, my God. I don't remember the first team. I don't remember the first team. We went through a few different teams. Did we have Menya at first? I don't remember if we had Menya.
0: Was there anybody up there who could like,
1: I mean, was Tracy directing you? No, no, no. She let me do what I want. (laughs) She let me do what I want. And that's why it was great and probably (laughs) short-lived. Minya, we had at one point. Ashy Larry, we had at one point. Envy, we had at one point. Shit, Miss Jones, we had at one point. And then I think she might have took over after I left.
0: Did you do the traditional thing of like laying out like when you're gonna do commercial breaks and what segments you're gonna do? And that's radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, (laughs) that that was radio. We tried to be as
1: non-traditional as we could be. Yeah. We came up with smack fest yeah we had ebro for a little while it was a cool time it was a cool cool time good time
0: yeah so when the podcast starts like clearly it's gone through a lot of different um but wait 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 because yeah. that was
1: then that was early earlier in my career it's all right when i stop rapping we're gonna go do radio yeah but now when it's time to stop rapping in 2016 you know you're not going to do radio So that's where that fear comes. Yeah, I'm not going to power, I'm not going to hide, I'm not going to Chicago, I'm not going to any of these places. All that stuff I thought earlier.
0: So now it's, what the fuck, what the fuck will I do? So you were retired when you started the podcast. It wasn't like, I'm doing a podcast and that can help me sell more records. I started the
1: podcast and I was was rapping. Right. Because the podcast, well, the podcast started in 2015 and I put that album out in 2014 and 2016. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was rapping and doing a podcast. But we did the podcast for free for three years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I never said... And you guys... So didn't... there was studios at first, too. So there was nothing mm-hmm. to be afraid
0: of in doing it for free yeah, Like no. at that time? Yeah, no. Not at all. It's building equity. And that's... You know, you don't have to do... Uh, you don't have to throw to weather. You don't have to have, like, a DJ break. You don't have to, like... Although that would have been a really... Do commercials. Don't move, I think. <laughs> what? Having a weatherman? Yeah. <laughs> in doing that, were you like, okay podcasting can be an interview show podcasting can be like barbershop talk
1: i was i I was very clear i didn't want to talk to people (laughs) i didn't want to do interviews i commend all you guys
0: (laughs) but you do an interview series right now
1: i know with the people that i would like to speak to but how is that any different from having an interview show everyone is not welcome
0: that's the difference. Well, no, neither. same with our show. I think that we're very selective about who we like have up here. Yeah. I think that like it's possible to Joe, we, only... good for you guys. We texted you a lot to there, get you to... There, to there, <laughs> there are some shows... Of course. ...where they don't really have that say. But I think that because you have this in your own hands, you could yes. do your podcast that way if you wanted to. I would never want to do that. It's nasty. You just save it for YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Why did you I hate when the guests come on the podcast? Did you hate when Pusha came up? No. Right. That was the shit. Yeah. (laughs) That was like the hardest shit ever. He killed that. Yeah. You recorded for many hours. Yeah. Well, one, we love Push. Yeah. And it it was the center of conversation. Two, we love Drake. Yeah. And three, you love drama.
1: (laughs) Three, we love drama. That, That was the center of the conversation. And I, I I love Push's mind so the fact that he hit me to come up there it said a lot.
0: It was a big statement, it was. He obviously understood what you had built with your platform did you understand how central that thing was going to be? Uh, No no I don't think that was really the goal I
1: just wanted to grow it I didn't know how I didn't know how important it would Become were you to a f- people in the industry? Were you actually? A f-
0: by the way, I do want to commend Eric because in two thousand sixteen, I think or two thousand seventeen, mm-hmm. whatever it was, we had a round table at the end of the year, mm-hmm. and we had like uh, Scotty Beam and a bunch of other people came over, and Eric said for rapper of the year, artist of the artist of the year, of the year mm-hmm. it was you, even though you had not dropped any like music, mm-hmm. but you were the most influential for every conversation, the most important voice, you know, and your artistry was talking. And it so just wasn't rapping. every single person besides me disagreed. <laughs> but I think that, you know, you in hindsight, you you are correct. Thank you. And even back then you were correct. <laughs> and thank you. He was yeah. correct then. Yeah. 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 You were the most important voice and remain the important voice you are because you have those conversations. That was the cheat code in talking instead of rapping.
1: It was like, okay, you rap, you rhyme words pretty well, but it could be a ton of people who hate your voice hate your style of music hate the way you look hate the way you dress just a million reasons why somebody is not checking for your music but just talking you were able to just insert yourself in whatever conversation you saw fit and some
0: of them traveled
1: and in the artists the sensitive artists oh they, they carried away from me they carried away from me Yo,
0: know, what's the dumbest thing you thought was responsible for the fact that you were not who you thought you would be when you signed to Def Jam like the smallest dumbest thing you're like oh it's got to be the clothes or it's got to be like this market or it's got to be this executive or what's what? the smallest thing that you saw within yourself that you were like oh if only this one thing this is responsible if only like people like forgave this one thing within me
1: I, I never felt that way at def jam at def jam i was i was still kind of pure That's where all the anger came from because Def Jam is like a dream situation for me and then you get there and you start learning the game and and seeing how the business goes and it's like, ugh. So, nah, I never felt that way there. I never felt like, oh, I need need more attention, I need this if the people knew this about me. And I didn't have too many wrongdoings at the the time because I was new. Like, a lot of my fuck-ups came toward the end of that. Hmm.
0: At what point do you feel like you fully accepted the humorous parts around your life—the Joe Budden fits, the memes, you know, uh, Rory or Mall or Parks just like you know, shitting you. on you, yeah? yeah. Mm. I, I feel like it was early on because at least we we hang. I was about we, to say that the skits yeah. I did with yeah. you guys, yeah, yeah, which were great, like, we would we're, we would we're pretty make, self-deprecating yeah. for sure. But there is a difference between I think you know once every couple months doing that and on a weekly basis. To be honest, when I stopped being so angry,
1: I enjoyed all of it.
0: Well, sure. Like,
1: <laughs> the memes, the jokes, the fits page, the, the, even the things that the haters were saying. Like, when I stopped being just mad and grumpy, and that was probably around, even though my 2014 album sounded really angry and grumpy and because I was ready to go. I was ready to fucking stop the shit. But that while i was making that album no my i wasn't angry at music anymore i I wanted
0: to disassociate
1: myself with Mm -hmm. it
0: so in turn i was kind of happy i I had a lot of fun did you talk to anybody like about retirement no Mm -hmm. how do you approach that and figure out talk to about i have no idea because everybody who (laughs) retires comes back
1: (laughs) i had i didn't have any plans on coming back even though at some
0: point like Way down the line In my journey Maybe that'll be an option But right now No But there was nobody Who could be like Okay I see where this is going Or I could be a mentor Or a trusted voice I I didn't have I didn't My my
1: team wasn't set up that way At the time of my retirement Which probably was a part Of why I was retiring
0: Right Who was the first person That you brought on And like sort of started To turn things around In your mind For your team Uh, It was me and Ian Me and Ian And how did you find him?
1: Through Parks Oh, there, I, I there oh, you want, to that you want more yeah. More? yeah. How did I, how did I find? How did I find Ian? I was looking for a manager for for a while. And not really a manager, but help. Mm-hmm. Like a partner in, in in what I was about to attempt.
0: Right. You've had managers before that. What were you like what's a bad manager to you?
1: Oh, i can't I can't say what a bad
0: manager, not specifically, but and like you know if, like if, if for if, us we've had managers where it's just like you don't hear from them for a long time. And you're like, well, what is this
1: well I was about to I was about to get into in my in my search for this person because it took years um I had to kind of figure out what I was looking for. so I met with a few of the bigger agencies. I could never be a part of that. <laughs> like I need to speak to yeah somebody a lot, yeah you need to be very accessible. The big company, that that didn't do it for me. Uh, so then you're looking for like independence or, and all the independents I know, they were running around with, with artists that was really out there getting it right now. So here I come looking for somebody, but also saying, hey, I'm not doing music anymore, which everybody knows to be my most valuable asset at the time. Uh, so it took a while. And Parks just kept beating me down about, hey, you should talk to Ian. Ian, uh, he's got Prem, Parks is familiar with my personality type. So he said, you should talk to Ian, and I brushed him off for like a long time, a long time. And then it got so bad, it got so bad, when was that, whatever year that was. Came off tour, and I hated the tour, it was horrible, it was disgusting. I was ready to just do whatever. So I went and I sat with Ian, and I said, yeah, I'm retiring. It's not really what I wanna do, maybe one more album. and. He said, "That's not really what I was looking at anyway. I wasn't looking at the music." <laughs> wow. And I said, "Interesting." So we we both kind of had the same picture in our head, mm-hmm. uh, but he was from music and I was from music, so so you had to explore this new yes like foreign frontier. Yeah. So when I say complex was like college. Yeah. Complex. We him and I both learned a lot about ads and integrations and licensing did you really throw yourself
0: into it into what into learning all that stuff like you weren't just like okay well maybe that's just like ian's thing no jeff no (laughs) anywhere
1: i've ever gone i've been inquisitive which Mm -hmm. is how i always became like unhappy yeah (laughs) like i was always in search of the information Like, when I got signed to Def Jam, I really didn't know the significance of being signed to a production company and then them being signed to Def Jam and then who's got power over the budgets. And I didn't know how many budgets there were. I didn't know there was a stipend. for. It's just too much. It's too much. It's too much for a 22-year-old. Yeah. So you get it on the way. Uh, And that's what me and Ian did. We, We had the complex idea. We got the complex, and we got a lot of the information. Every morning, we just sat... We, I was the first person there every morning. Is what I'm saying. Like standing outside at 5:45, I would beat the coffee trucks. <laughs> it was my first job. It was my first time back in. It's my first time in corporate world. Seeing people go back and forth to work. You got to understand, as a rapper. Yeah. This was like. <laughs> this was amazing. Weird. This, yeah. This was amazing. I was <laughs> I, I was talking to people. Hey, the lunch break people, the that crew and. It was fun, man. People must have thought you were a psychopath.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Showing no. up to work in like a good mood. <laughs> no,
1: I just, that same passion that was in music, once I stopped music, if, you, if, if, if passion is in you, it's going to come out. Mm-hmm. It's going to come out somehow. And I attacked that complex job with just so much passion. Like they thought I was nuts when I
0: first got it. That's what here. I'm saying. Like They did. Most people do not show up to their job like super excited. It's just like another thing to do.
1: You got fam. Complex was oh no, I get it, editorial, but they were trying to do content as well. And here you have this guy who, for lack of a better term, is like it's like instant content. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm just running down the hallway, that's where a lot of those stupid videos came from with me, Angel Diaz, and they came from, oh, you just got to tape him. And that was gold. That was gold in there. And they knew they had their certain way of rolling shit out and marketing and creating memes. And it was fun to be inside of this the same way it was fun to be inside of the label and look around a little bit. And had they done the right thing in that relationship, no telling where that would have gone. Right. But I'm so thankful
0: they didn't. What do you think people got wrong about you leaving Complex?
1: I'm not sure what what, what was the what were they saying at the time
0: (laughs) I think that the the things that I remember were that there was like some uh some sponsorship deals that like I I don't know that I ever got the full story that that you felt like you should have had a bigger cut a bigger stake in a show that you were um at least a third of but maybe should have been no it wasn't a third I created the show and that's
1: where the music shit, that's where that those tools I got from music just came in handy over here. Because you create the show, but that doesn't mean that you have a creator con- contract. And that doesn't mean that you're handled and paid and treated and have the clauses that a creator should have in that. But cool, because as a creator, you have to be willing to get fucked first. You don't start some shit and expect to see profit in... The first however many moments or year one. So that was, I didn't mind that. It wasn't until, okay, we were doing, we were doing, and not to re things, but we were doing Everyday Struggle Monday to Thursday. Purposely. Purposely, that Friday real estate was off the table, not an option. It allowed Act to continue his, his developing empire it allowed me to run around, great. So then, then what happened? I'm gonna try to give a quick version, but it's all ironic, then what happened? Then Complex came and said, Complex came and said, hey, we need you guys on Fridays. And I said, all right, is the, is the pay different? <laughs> What's different? What's different is they were about to start, whoever, somebody came in and purchased the show for Friday. So it was a specific thing to be said. It was a specific- A presenting um, sponsor. Yeah, we were supposed to speak to a certain topic. But my contract said that anything that conflicted with what I deemed to be my podcast, I didn't have to do it. So I I stuck to that. It was nah, I'm not getting on Friday and talking about whoever the sponsor wants us to talk about when I may say something that's not so kind in my podcast where I can freely speak. This is you guys interrupting that. I'm not doing it. No. I've always gotten my information from saying no to some shit. I said the no, and that became a really big deal. Come to find out because Spotify had purchased Friday for. Oh, wow. Spotify purchased Friday. I them. thought it would have been like a sneaker thing. It was Spotify. Or like Old Spice or something. No, it was yeah. Spotify. That's why this story is amazing. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. Spotify purchased... Was purchasing.
0: You.
1: <laughs> One, that's the thing. They were purchasing Friday's everyday struggle. And at the time, you could... It's arrogant and narcissistic to maybe think that they're purchasing it for you. So you say, okay, they're purchasing the show. Not until Complex was making that a real big thing, that I was saying no to Fridays. They was making that the super big deal, and then Complex said, fuck you, we out, we doing it anyway. So Joe, Joe didn't come in for Fridays, and now it was Ak and Jessica, and I think the first person they brought on might have been, been Action Bronson or ASAP for one of them on a Friday. And you said, mind you, I spent Monday through Thursday up there saying, hey, we'll be back Monday since Complex don't want to pay us for Fridays. I used to purposely say that. So anyway, they do Friday. They bring on Action Bronson or so whoever they brought on. This is on. all
0: because they ruined your catchphrase? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm just telling
1: you how my business partner was behaving in the relationship. Yep, I get um, it. So they brought on whoever they brought on. That's not the contract that Spotify signed. Who is this? What are you doing? Complex said whatever. We're gonna we're gonna try this. They tried it. They pulled it. Didn't 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 work. Uh, and they wouldn't give me. And they wouldn't even pay me to come. They wouldn't pay me to come in on the Friday. At that point, it was about proving a point of okay, you're not doing the Fridays. We're gonna make this work. But when it didn't work and y'all had to pull it, all it said to me was okay. Spotify was looking for my voice yeah <laughs> they they didn't, so
0: how they, did you start that conversation in earnest?
1: That came later that that came later i had I had no relationship with Spotify at the time. That's just looking back, wow, well, it's funny, yeah, but at the time, no, I was just standing
0: on what I believe to be what's right and what's wrong. straight up, and again, this is somewhere where we we can completely relate. You step out. To do something different. Complex is over. You've announced that. And maybe there's some behind the scenes stuff where it's like, oh, maybe we could rekindle this or whatever. But for all intents and purposes, you're out. You're You're doing something new. Mm -hmm. You have this podcast that you're doing with no income for that to speak of. You have family obligations. You have Mm -hmm. a team that you're trying to put on. How close did you get to ending that because there was no money coming in? Ending what? Ending the podcast. Never. Never.
1: Never, and again, that I give all the credit and praise to the squad. They have, along with myself, dedicated every Tuesday of their life to one thing, and that has just made it very simple. We, that was never a thought. Now, that, that comes with its own
0: conversations and arguments sometimes and behind the scenes disagreements, but never a thought of stopping. Did you think of going to any other places other than Spotify for the podcast?
1: Uh, yeah, but those thoughts were short-lived. Um, we had talks with Barstool. We went to Sirius for a little bit. Uh, we spoke to Luminary for a little bit. Who else did we speak? spoke to a lot of people. And you ended up... spoke to
0: Larry Jackson for a little bit. I'm yep. sure. What about Spotify was it like... The plan. Yeah, but what was the plan? Can't tell you. <laughs> oh, it's still evolving. Yeah, 100%. Okay. There's, there's, so it wasn't like, their, okay, we want to put vision, you on tour. We want to... Oh, no, 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 no.
1: No, you know, but their their plan and their vision and what they had in mind, along with what I had in mind, it made sense to me. Did you visit them in their headquarters overseas? No. Yeah. Oh. We had a meeting at the Mondrian. Oh, that's nice. That works. Very intimate, small, a few people
0: on both sides. They buy to... you a seafood platter?
1: No, I don't remember that. No. <laughs>
0: But it was good. It was a good time. You did these like little runs uh, for like three or four cities at a time doing a live mm-hmm. show in, in each. And you put the videos out there. And it became this bigger thing. It wasn't just you guys in Parks' home. Mm-hmm. This was you touching the people and making it look pretty epic. Mm-hmm. Was, was that epic. also a selling point for them?
1: Maybe. I can't say what really, what really did it for them. I'm sure that was a huge part of it, though. Because that, that, that was epic. They probably got more epic after the Spotify relationship had, had developed. Um, the venues got bigger. Venues are still getting bigger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's awesome. I, I, Joe Button has never played these venues <laughs> as an artist, so it's just great.
0: that has got to be like supremely meaningful for you as somebody who uses his voice as his art to have that many people... In a tangible situation this isn't just you know it's i can intriguing. listen to it for free this is i'm spending my hard-earned money i'm going to spend a saturday night i'm going to go to this big venue i'll get dressed up and i'll be a part of this
1: yeah but i've always enjoyed the fan interaction part of this profession like in as a rapper uh, in the blog era in the vlog era for shit once i saw that i would continue to have beef with labels it was important for me to have a connection directly with the fans and that kind of has traveled. So the fact that I get some of that overlap here, uh, my audience now is a lot more broad, but there's some overlap there. The fact that we get to do it now with these fans is still still touching the people and getting with the people.
0: Can you measure your happiness like from the outside? Can I measure your happiness based off of hat size? (laughs) No. (laughs) so this is like you know like a medium happy right today and then like some days you have like a sombrero size no
1: no my hat sizes are not in correlation that's like people
0: people like within like trump's circle would say if he wore a certain color of hat you can measure like you know his white or red yeah white or red yeah they were like he's in a good mood or he's in a foul mood today or something like that yeah well when do you bring out like the big hats like the the future size hats if it goes with the outfit. Yeah. Why can't it be a Joe Budden size hat, Jeff? Oh, I, you want to know what? I am so sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's fine. So you, you, do, you do subscribe to Joe Budden Fits? Mm-hmm. And you, do you like every post or the, do they have to sort of earn your, Actually, your like? Wh- well, what's the truest thing that they've ever said?
1: I like a lot of the things that they say. I like how they caption things, whoever this person is. It's yeah. pretty it's He says he's from North Carolina. It's pretty damn I can't funny. I believe that this person is in North Carolina typing with this type of <laughs> it don't just sound it don't sound like a North <laughs> Carolina person, but he kills that shit. She it's that it's
0: really, really good. The best thing I saw was most recently he said that your legs looked like carrots. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh yeah, with the jeans. With the baggy knees. Yeah. Baggy knees. He's a fucking idiot.
0: <laughs> baggy knees. You do have he's a stylist, really good right? At that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to shout to your stylist out? Uh, shout out to my stylist. <laughs> 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 is, is it ever surprising to you now? Okay, so you had this idea, I'm going to sign to Def Jam, I'm going to be this certain type of artist. That part of the career comes to a close. Is it surprising to you now the relationship you have with a Jay or a Puff? Yeah. It's all surprising. Because you're not rapper Joe. You're, you know personality it's joe. surprising and it's not
1: it's it's businessman joe and they both are businessmen to a whole different level of course but yeah and it's this whole pro-black help each other it's a lot it's a lot of synergy going on right now so i'm grateful for it listen you were making a joke about the bad sides i would up, never it <laughs> doesn't amount, sound like me the <laughs> amount of gratitude i have i think that's One of the things I hate about how I come off on the mic sometimes is I'm talking about all this shit I really don't give a fuck about. But (laughs) if we really started having real conversations, I think people would hear just how grateful I am about all of this shit. All of it. I mean, I add my own picture of what it would look like, but what God has afforded is just different. It's different.
0: Yeah. When did you first like recognize that happiness within yourself? Or at least not that like anger. The second I stopped rapping, <laughs> for real. The second I stopped rapping, yeah. Like within yourself, you said to yourself, "Like that's it, I'm yeah. done."
1: Yeah, because yeah, rapping and not just with rapping, but in life, period. If you if you if you want to feel good, you do shit that make you feel good. That oh, make you feel good
0: for sure. Is that was that hard to explain to, especially like your group members or people who worked at the label or lawyers or whoever you know saw one thing for you and you're like, yeah, yeah, but. I'm Excuse I'm my. more than just that one thing. No, because I wasn't explaining to anybody. No, there's
1: nobody it to. Mm-hmm. My mom, maybe. Yeah, but well, she's in support of me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Damn. that's good. But no, yeah, it was it was just stoppage.
0: I, it was a bunch of conversations internally. Is it weird having uh, friendships with label people who maybe you had uh, just big time disagreements with while you were working together? No, I think I've done pretty good at
1: again i never really liked promo so i didn't i've done pretty good at separating my friendships and relationships i value in this from music like i'm not sending you my record because if you don't play it i'm gonna get mad i'm gonna feel a way outside of yeah no so no
0: what if we played your addiction remix right now (laughs)
1: addiction remix
0: the Ryan I Lee used League. to kill those remixes. You did yeah. the Neo one. There's a. Um... There's, there's a bunch of Neo ones. Yeah, yeah. There's a few of them out there, man. There's, the boy, an Usher, the all right. Usher, there's a bunch oh of Usher. Usher. Oh my God. Yep. That was a great remix. Case. Yeah. yeah. The Confessions um, remix. Yeah. Tweet. Yeah. There's a bunch of them. You love R and B. Yeah. Do you I still do. karaoke? Uh, I haven't had the time to, but I would love to. You just turn that into a moneymaker. What karaoke? Yeah, you singing karaoke. Probably not. No. <laughs> And you have to clear the music. I was watching a YouTube compilation of you, like, remixing different songs today. Mm-hmm. So, like, Tyga, a bunch of other ones. And I really enjoyed it. So, yes, I do think that you could make money <laughs> doing karaoke. That, that, that video has, like, 60,000 views, by the way.
1: They like that shit when it happens. Yeah. Do you?
0: I enjoy podcasting. <laughs> I enjoy all that shit that we do on there. Is there a topic that you just, like... If it comes to your you know, notes and you're just like, I really don't care to talk about this, or are you just open to whatever anyone brings to the table? Uh, I try to stay
1: away from politics and religion, but that's me in real life, too. Mm-hmm. So those are probably the only two that I'm like, eh. Or if it's like a whole bunch of sad shit, we'll try to tone that down a little bit. But uh, everything else, I'm open to it.
0: What's the smallest thing that you cannot believe you had a huge argument about? on the podcast
1: the last podcast Maul t- told me he's never been hurt <laughs> by a woman <laughs> he's never felt hurt <laughs> and i sat there and said how do i end up in these conversations <laughs> with people that are 38 years old and <laughs> never. so that happens a lot that happens a lot my memory's bad so i can't think of all of them but it happens quite a bit
0: yeah what's the longest that you've overstayed your welcome at parks's house Parks would have to answer that. Cause I do hang out. I'll hang. You no, also
1: show up on time. Early. That has to be annoying to Parks now, <laughs> yeah. now that I think about it. Because we might not record till six and I'll come at four. Oh
0: my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, early is on time and on time is He's late. He's engaged now too, yeah, by the way. Four like, is congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. four is like first of all, two hours <laughs> too early. Like if you showed up here two hours too early, I'd be like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I got here early today. You, not no, two hours on, early. You showed up on time. Not two hours. Wait, no, when people did showed up early at your pool party? I you, showed up early. Well, like what? A minute early? <laughs> uh, you can check your text. It was yeah. like five minutes early. It was early. five minutes yeah. early. And, and, and I beat your photographer. You did. Yes, you did. No, yeah, that's You Tommy. guys were not prepared when I got here. You know why? Because I was early. <laughs> I was here. Eric was here. So we yeah. were on time. We live here. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You yeah. can say Tommy was late. <laughs> no, Tommy was on time. Yeah. Sure. Which is late. Yeah. Who's somebody that you had on the pull up? Who have you had relationships with everybody before they show up, or is there anybody that you met on set? Uh, I met Corday on set. Loved him.
1: Yeah, he's but, great. But again, I went into that as like a real fan of him, so I wanted to meet. I wanted to
0: meet him. Yeah. I wanted to hear him. Uh, so that was great. I think that's dope. By the way, to be able to be a fan of these people and also speak your truth, you know. Because like, there are people who are like, no, I can only do one or the other. Yeah, no. Joe Budden is going to speak his truth. <laughs> <laughs> if we've learned nothing else throughout my career,
1: it's, I'm going to speak my truth. Everybody else I probably have had. You, you knew Russ? With. Russ. Russ, we had, Russ, I met for the first time, but we had some dialogue right whether it was good or bad right we we had some exchange that makes it
0: sound like it's not good or bad it sounds like it was just one over the other (laughs) well no fucking
1: uh russ did one of the friday episodes of everyday struggle right but because oh man that's pretty good actually man god is amazing that's pretty good fucking they asked us if we wanted russ on i said no we're not taking russ so we didn't take russ and they took the Friday bag, and they just needed to put people in the seat. So they put Russ there, who was mad that we didn't take him before. So he got there without the, the head of the ship there, and he tore their ass up <laughs> or the desk, really. And they went back and forth. So when I got to work Monday, I tore his ass up. So that was our exchange.
0: Do you? Do you... And now I love the guy. Yeah. like Would, Look, would I love him? Uh, you should. He's okay, awesome. I I don't know him and I don't know much about him He's other than I I know that his uh reputation precedes him. Yeah, that, maybe it does. Are you more forgiving of of uh reputations preceding people because your reputation yours might have? Yeah. I'd
1: like to think that I'm a pretty forgiving person. Period, <laughs> Eric. But, uh yeah, that that's another part, another part of it. Yeah. I have a lot of empathy for artists because I know what artists go through and you go through all of it. So Yeah, I've been in that boat. I'm probably still in that boat. There's a lot of people that don't fuck with me for things that just are not true about me. Mm -hmm. You got to live with that in artist world. Like people get married to
0: whatever idea of you exists at the time and they won't let it go. Like you as an artist, period. You know, I bet that took a lot for people to be like, oh, Joe's really not coming back to rapping right now. And Joe is going to be this social commentator.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that was tough for people, but like my my for real for real fans, my entire career have wanted to see me succeed and win. I, for them, I don't think it matters whether it's music, it could have been fashion, it could have been anything. They would have been genuinely happy to see me happy and thriving. And I bet
0: there's a lot of people out there who just know you from the past like 3 years. But there's
1: a bunch of people that have no idea I'm a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> or used to rap.
0: Yeah. Um I read pretty often, yo, Today
1: is when I found out Joe Budden did pump it up. I'm like, fuck, why did you have to find out? I wish you didn't have to know.
0: I like it like that. Yeah. If
1: you don't know me from rapping,
0: then don't know me from rapping. Who's somebody that people have confused you for? Like in like airports or something? Uh, Swiss. <laughs> what? Jewel. What do you say in the moment? Nothing. You're like... I'm you don't not, you I'm don't not. double down and yeah. say like yeah clockwork's my yeah, favorite song TikTok. <laughs> no.
1: If somebody came to me and comes to me and says hey you're Joe Budden a lot of times I'll say no I'm
0: not really. Yeah, yeah. How, How do you mean? deny that you're Joe Budden by saying no I'm not? <laughs> <laughs> They're like but you're wearing that, the hat. <laughs> I know <laughs> I'm still not. <laughs> Where's the dumbest place you've been caught by like TMZ like that? You're just like really like you're at the movies like Nah, I've only ever seen them at airports and they don't come to New Jersey seriously. <laughs> no. Well, yo, what was the story with the kids who showed up at your house? The whole like running like meme or whatever, well, right? The kids showed up at my house. Didn't they show up at your house? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's the story. The that's kids story. showed up. At your house. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got kids yeah. Up yeah. My house. Yeah.
1: And stalked me for the entire day. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, throwing things, screaming obscenities torturing the block damn i know on the internet that was really funny in real life it wasn't yeah in real life i didn't find any of it funny yeah i went to their houses you did did you throw things no you yeah. tortured their block no there were adults there so i, spoke, oh, there I were ad- to the yeah, adults yeah. Yeah. like i didn't know these kids was kids and so i realized they was kids mm. and then shit i got i got to say at the time i had a 17 year old this kid is 17 so Great that the internet is having their fun, but I, I have to go and talk to somebody to make sure that nobody hurts one of these these kids that are playing these games. So I, I went there and spoke to an adult. They took care of it and was never a thing after that. Did they the kids it. ever apologize or no? Uh, no, they might have t- t- trolled some more. Like, But kids, that's what kids are going to do. Kids want the attention. They're not looking at a bigger picture. They so no they didn't apologize i don't think what was your last i don't think they may have but my memory's bad
0: what was your last interaction with quavo like awesome Well, i, mean, I saw the picture like it looked awesome we embraced was there any conversation or was it just like
1: yeah it was a, a loving conversation hey man love you love you too that shit wasn't about done. that's I dope yeah, no, I mean, I, I had a lot of those conversations at that party. I think of me and L.A. Reed squashed our shit at that party.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that was a nice party. That was a pretty fucking nice party. Do you have outstanding beefs? Not asking you to name them, but do you have nope. things that you want to resolve, or you're just at peace? None of my beefs are outstanding. That's great. I'm cool with both my son's mothers.
1: Um, I'm tight with every artist that I've ever beefed with. Um, who else is there? There are no executives. Def There's no executives that I'm, I'm beefing with. I'm probably not the greatest with Paul, but I don't care to be great with Paul. Uh, I don't look at that as beef.
0: Like, that's just a bridge I'm not going by again. Are you uh, planning a certain date in the calendar for Drake to come on the Joe Budden podcast?
1: No. Hmm.
0: If he called you and was like, hey, I'm on a plane and I landed at like 3 p.m., can we do something at 6 o'clock tonight? would you be willing to throw out all your plans and make something happen? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Do you feel like because your relationship with him and because, you know, and I'm talking about like a relationship that goes back like a decade, do you feel like you could get a conversation out of him that would be like nothing else?
1: Probably, depending on on what Drake showed up because he's a massive star. So that's contingent on their mood always. But does it have the
0: potential to? Yeah. Do you feel any ways about people who are like, I don't need to come on your podcast? I don't need to no. like express myself in no any way. other way? No.
1: We're not that entitled. And again, we don't really care to have people. It's like. So if our agenda's aligned, then awesome. No, I don't, we don't feel the way, at all.
0: What if Rory feels that way? Then he should communicate it. <laughs> <laughs> what if Rory's dog feels that way? <laughs> Good old be So you're in a place now where uh you're at peace, you're bigger than ever, um, you don't feel any pressure to create in any certain ways other than just to elevate yourself and your team and and have fun, right? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty excellent place to be.: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying,
1: man. this shit is awesome.
0: Are there friends that you need to like put on because you feel indebted to them and like give them their own piece of the platform? No. I don't feel like that about anybody. Are you asking if we should be signed or something? I th- yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are we those friends, Joe? No. <laughs> no, you guys have bigger aspirations. <laughs> <laughs> the Revolt Show, we've always gotten a kick out of because uh, we're especially close with um, people who have been on there, like Jinx, like mm-hmm. Um We don't know Remy personally, but she is amazing she's awesome um do you do you find that because that, that that show i imagine tapes for a long time and then you guys edit it down yes um do you find that the conversations that you have just like off camera you wish would be part of the uh main show as well no no, <laughs> no that would be all bad that would be all bad we give it up behind them cameras
1: uh, any conversation between rim and myself mm-hmm. is that real
0: should not should not be exposed <laughs> to the masses. Is she like sending like Christmas cards? Is she like fully She's Auntie Remy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's Auntie Remy. Yeah. She's she, Remy's Remy's a caretaker. Yeah. She's a mom. See, she... And by the way, still a rapper. Yeah. And she's able to speak her, her mind. Yes. Something That's... that maybe you didn't want to do. What? Rap and speak my mind? I yeah. don't want to rap. No. <laughs> I don't want to rap. <laughs> Enough of rapping. <laughs> Yeah, but she she does both. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, has a free conscience to say what she how she feels mm-hmm. and then also like kill songs. Yes. Does she want to uh do anything more than just those two things, you think? Uh yeah. Besides obviously yes. like family stuff and be yeah, mother she, and all. Yes, yeah, she
1: does. What those things are, I'll let her tell it, but
0: mm.
1: yeah, she has she has bigger aspirations as well.
0: Okay. So if you're if you're out here right and like we know we know how the game is as well in terms of like what Instagram means and what Twitter means and all this bullshit right mm-hmm. you did put up a picture outside of 30 Rockefeller Plaza right mm-hmm. like maybe a year ago maybe mm-hmm. a year and a half mm-hmm. ago or something like that and, and maybe you signed some contract and mm-hmm. it it was telling and it wasn't telling right mm-hmm. and then there was nothing to follow but maybe things developed, maybe things moved in a different direction maybe things are upcoming do you feel like you still have to play the game to elevate yourself, to speak to people out there who may not hear the word specifically, but have to read in between the lines? Yeah, you got to play the game. Yeah, If you're in the game, you got to play the game. Yeah.
1: Now, how you choose to play it, that's on you. Any 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 Anybody that I go talk to, I'm going to see if our visions can align. Uh, it was the same thing at NBC. Uh, there was a bunch of people up there that day actually for a show a show concept that i think they went in a different direction because um, they had a lot going on over there but yeah you go to see if you can align yourself with whoever you're, you're sitting with like before everyday struggle landed it on, um, landed it complex like we were in gq having a meeting yes wow that would
0: have been interesting
1: no it wouldn't have <laughs> no it wouldn't have we shouldn't have been there why are we here elliot to this day will, will tell you that i fucked that meeting up <laughs> what'd you do i spoke with confidence mm. in where i was going and what i was doing and what i was about to build it didn't matter that i didn't have the partner to build it with yet i knew I, what was coming
0: that doesn't count as like fucking up the meeting then well it,
1: it does when when
0: well you two had different expectations at yeah
1: getting a job
0: yeah and i'm not saying
1: that's how he looked at it but and that's, just, that's the difference between me and Elliot. Like, Elliot plays the game that way. I'm more rogue, independent, and we're gonna do this this way. Oh, I
0: got that part. <laughs> so Elliot says I fucked that meeting up, but i a say good. I wanna talk about your most important working relationship. What was it like doing Escape the Room? <laughs> with hitmaker and who was the most valuable player and who was the least valuable player and also there were like a bunch of like people there with you guys right did i ever do escape the room with berg we ran into you guys yeah oh then we Mm must have won yeah i've done uh, no that sounds like i I I think we saw you before we were leaving you were you were showing up i've done too many escape the rooms okay too many different are you good at escape the room yeah Yeah. are you kidding me is who is the worst at escape the room that you've done it with oh man i don't even remember the young lady's name is but she was real bad is ice really good at escape the room ice is because he takes it real serious ice is great oh, yeah yeah. ice is good
1: i don't really remember if berg was good or not
0: are you a good teammate in that scenario or are oh, you I just bet, like, like super intense and just like horrible <laughs> i'm intense i'm a
1: i'm a good i work well with others when there's a common goal
0: or are you loud and wrong no hmm. joe delegates yeah no oh really no joe is on his own thing and it's like you have to keep up with him and he's yelling at people it's so not like that joe's not like that mm-hmm. what are you doing tomorrow
1: i'm potting tomorrow <laughs> oh my the god day of my life is a fucking pot no yeah.
0: <laughs> and and loving hip-hop apparently and loving hip-hop yeah here and near i'm glad that that didn't define you you know There's so many things that really, you know, you could have been (laughs) known for. I know, I know. That's back to, it did define me for some people.
1: Yeah, Yeah, no, certainly.
0: But you worked to make that not your defining uh, part of your career. Yeah, get out of here. What are you saying? (laughs) I don't even understand this foolishness. have Have you met Earl earl sweatshirt yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: um sure i have at some point
0: have you talked about the we his... haven't talked no oh, well, okay. we didn't definitely didn't talk about this kid the, the betrayal hilarious yeah <laughs> hilarious i fuck with earl what are some things that you've done with artists in like an in a, not escape the room but like something that's been done off camera for fun that nobody knows about I don't think wanted. I don't think that exists. Because like I wanted monopoly. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I've that's something that we've discussed before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spades, but I've played that on camera. Uh, but I mean, like that's on camera, but it's not like for a thing, right? It's not. It's not like a set. No. Yeah. So I'm, I'm saying like something like that where it's just like oh like you've gone skydiving or you've you know ridden horses or you've like no, you know no dude I never because that, that by the way would be pretty great I never hung out if with you, the rappers much no no but if, you, if you did a if you did a pull up like on horses or something like that Ooh, that'd be great I'm not like, opposed to that I, <laughs> I have to beat Elliot to the punch <laughs> <laughs> he might be on a horse
1: next yeah yeah <laughs> It's car test season five, the horse
0: test. Yeah, horsepower. I yeah, mean, horse power. Yeah, <laughs> horse power see? Yeah. Um, We should take this to GQ. Yeah, we should. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joe. Um... GQ. Like,
1: honestly, Elliot, you yeah. want hip hop ass me to come in here and try to acquiesce for GQ? You want me to help them understand our culture in this fucking meeting? Have you Get seen Joe Budden's fits? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It's only the guys that clown me. You know, only men. Mm-hmm.
0: I enjoy that too. The men think I am the worst dressed <laughs> character to walk the face of the earth. But women are really into the wife beater and loose sweatpants. <laughs> yeah. No, women really. Women like my style of dress today. Somehow, you're it's because funny. you can tell how happy you are by the size of your hat. No, fuck off. <laughs> Joe, uh, having known you for 12 years or so, it is a joy to see how happy you are. It is. Oh man, you It, is, nice. <laughs> it is really awesome to see how your career has elevated, how it has kept moving forward. And as fellow 300 episode podcasters, we tip our Joe Budden size hats to you and we look forward to what comes next.
1: I appreciate that, man. I was sitting here this whole time and I'm listening to you guys. I'm like, oh, fuck, maybe I'm not as silly as I used
0: to be. Oh, my God, don't face seriously You you did say before we started recording, you're like, I don't wanna talk. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to the podcast that we did uh whenever that was like four years ago or so. And there's one of my favorite clips of all time. Yeah. Which is Yeah, when well, you went to the hookah bar with a bunch of friends and you went up to the DJ and you requested thong Song. No. no. It was <laughs> and then they started playing your song and you were yeah. like, Now I look like I have yeah. requested Oh my god, it was so good. <laughs> It was so embarrassing. It's one of the greatest stories ever. Yeah. Was, I always get myself in those moments. Like, what the fuck are you doing right now? Thanks so much, Joe. What's no.
1: no, no what? Thanks so much, my ass. What? What the hell's going on with you guys? Oh, everything's oh. good. Tell me about the
0: bigger aspirations. No, we can't tell that on mic, ah, is it? <laughs> All I'm saying is We're meeting with GQ (laughs) tomorrow We need you to come through (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Come through and ruin the meeting for us That's right Thanks everyone for listening. to This new episode of A Waste Time With It's Real If people want to find out more about us I'm Eric That's Jeff Together We are It's The Real No apostrophe No spaces By the way I don't care if after 300 episodes You can't tell us apart (laughs) I really don't Stop telling me If people want to find out more About this podcast That's 300 episodes deep it's called a waste of time with it's the real Jeff. if you want to find out more about what's going on with us where can they go you can always go to itsthereal.com i-t-s-t-h-e-r-e-a-l dot com you can also find us on all streaming platforms i'm talking about spotify apple acast overcast castbox The whole cast (laughs) Uh, You can also find us on Twitter at It's The Real Instagram at It's The Real Oh, YouTube, It's The Real YouTube, It's The Real Yeah, Um, We've got some videos that we're hopefully going to be doing this year We've got a few that we put up last year With Cameron, Rick Ross, Jeezy They're fun Our Rockefeller reunion Jeff, this is the part of the podcast Where we like to shout people out and I said, if you want a shout out on our 300th episode of the podcast, reply to this and let us know your absolute favorite episode of A Waste Time With The Real, and we are going to go through your answers right now. Shout out to our man in London town, Abu Calves, Daniel David, who said Jin's episode. Shout out to some black guy, and his at name is one that I cannot say in good conscience. Yeah, it's that dude Effie. He he DM'd us after the last time we said we couldn't say his name. He was like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) But for this, he is a huge fan of the Mac Miller episode. Our Mizzle said either the episode with Kaz or Parks. Real CBG says the Little Brother episode second is Fonte, third is Bundy. Michael, I am HBY, who we met in LA a million years ago. Yep, Said, congrats on making it to 300 episodes. I think the Rockefeller reunion episode was phenomenal. But then you've got so many other great episodes like Rick Ross, Tuxedo, Sycamore. Johnny Shipes, The Locks. Shout out to Lalo Guzman, Lalo3000, who said Ari Lennox, Mac Miller, and Alchemist. Team Money Sig said they're all dope in their own way. What's your favorite, a.k.a.? What was yours? Oh, uh, man. Mine would probably be the Baggage Handler, a.k.a. Catch Case. Mine would be... Give me a little head, a.k.a. <laughs> Zika virus. Zika virus. It's a classic. Yeah. Shout out to J. Watson, J.W., the dude who said, is nice, In a close second, the Kid Mero. Greg Mayo music. That's our guy. Shout out to Greg Mayo, first and foremost, for doing the theme music to this, which is from our song, Suns Out, Guns Out, featuring Freeway. It's
1: rap, Simpson. I can't flop.
0: My I can't stop. Like tank tops. I arms. Used to set up shop. back blocks. with crack Now we bring you the laptops with rap songs
1: arm Armstrong, all bars out of space Our arms are strong, y'all arms out of
0: shape Y'all
1: lightweight, I'm heavyweighted. I'm like Christmas, I'm celebrated in every state When we come out, the girlies wanna come Cause
0: the dough never run out Unlimited bars, yeah, the flow never run out but When I pull the gun out, y'all better run out I'm a rap star with the heat out, might sleep with your girl but never eat out, summer time no doubt, arms always be out, team early just murdered the track now, we out! Uh, he said Dan Rosenthal hands down. Oh, a little insider trading there. Yeah, cause he's actually on the episode. Shout out to I am Denny Blanco, that's Denny Talks, who said Cameron was informative, educational, and... Funny. Chris colors said episode number one forty six with the locks. Pragmatic Maddox says the biggest boss, Ricky Rose. County Trill from Baltimore said definitely number one fifty two with Upscale Vandal. That is our guy. How about John Fry, the podcast guy, right. who says honestly yours, which is episode two hundred. It was incredible to hear how you were able to build. It's the real shout out to John Fry. Stess the MC. I want to say his name correctly because yep. I fucked it up last. Night. I'm going to take out the music. Stess the MC, not stress the MC. One more time, Stess the MC. He said anything with Jim Jones, and I'm Stess the MC. Not stress, no R, LMAO. I fucked it up last time. His name is Stess. All right, shout out to our guy, Ben, out there in Los Angeles. Ben Real vs. The World. He says, I love all Ravy B episodes. Big fan of Ravey B. She really good at photo shooting. 10 out of 10 and 5 stars. Ben, of course, works with Ravy. They travel together with Beyoncé. (laughs) Beyoncé. and Jay Z. Um, when is our Ivy Park thing coming through? Jeff, uh, something's messed up in the mail. Yeah. Robbie Digital, the shoe expert. That's right. Shout out to Robert Digital. Said, my favorite was Beyonce's publicist. That's right. Yvette Noel-Shore. Shout out to Trav Dave, who might have the most shout outs of all time. Yes. His- O-H-I-O. His favorite episode of all time is Two Ninety Nine with Riggs. But his most favorite, so... Yeah, I'm confused by more, favor- <laughs> more favorite than his favorite. His is the one with our mom, episode 250. Odd underscore J said, please tell me y'all got cheap key for the 300th episode. Okay, here's the thing. I actually reached out, but it didn't happen. didn't happen. Shout out to Yoen B5, who says Styles P is his favorite episode. One fucked up mine. 200, I believe, the episode where you guys were interviewed by Naomi Zeichner. Shout out to Naomi. Shout out to JetLife0345, who said the Cameron interview... After that episode, I too don't believe in dinosaurs. Is that our legacy, Jeff? That is the worst legacy. <laughs> WaveDigger1 said, your WopDead4000 episode has to be one of the most entertaining interviews I've ever listened to. You guys are dope. Big ups. Can't wait until... And this is me talking now. Yes. I cannot wait until we get that back. Yes. Shout out to the real Raid H, who says Rich Klyman is his favorite episode. Uh, the Big Homie said, the Rockefeller episode is legendary. It Actually, is yeah. Shout out to the Golden Child Sun XA who says, Any with the JBP boys, aka Kings, aka Joe Button, Rory, Maul, and Parks. I bet that he's gonna like this episode, um, but he would have liked it more if it was watching 300 with the <laughs> two dudes and two black dudes. JPN Inc. 1 said, Clark Kent and Eve. From Dreamville, from Dreamville, those are both great episodes. Shout out to Brandon Irik, who says Jeezy, hands down. Thirty-one eighty-eight said the Return of Jinx episode had some great conversations. Also, a fan of Jinx is our guy Cal over there from Complex. Jonathan Davila, yeah, from <laughs> Tulsa, Oklahoma, somewhere out there. I don't know. We did the longest drop for him. Yes, it's definitely the Rick Ross one and Chase B. Shout out to Daryl C. Murphy, a big, big proponent of a waste of time with Thrill, Who's a fan of the locks, where styles. Said, he threw a chair at Puff Deck. Uh, Hen Season said, I don't know my favorite exactly, but for whatever reason, I played back Rory's episode Mad Time. Shout out to Our Girl Shan Star, out in Australia. That's right, who is a fan of Ready for This, mm-hmm. Ray B, Cameron, Dreka, Jim Jones, Wiz Khalifa, Rex Arrow, Mac Miller, John Monopoly, Rembert, too many to choose from. Smoking Aces LTL said, I know it's going to be the obvious answer by many, but that Rockefeller episode is just so damn good. Shout out to cinema sai who says the first Fonte episodes Stop It Guy <laughs> said Westside Gun How about Humor Hyderabad who said The one with Maul from the Joe Button Podcast is his favorite episode Love from India Donenzo said The Sycamore episode the first one I heard too so I think that's like that's very early on it's like that is early on. on shout out to Steven from New Jersey our guy who said yo shout out to making it 300 episodes this is amazing damn favorite of all time is tough but favorite in recent times would be Jeezy Shank Apodamus from California, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Nasty Nissa said Cardi B. Sean Live 401 says most definitely West Side Gun. So much free game in that episode. Sending love from Rhode Island and Miami. Dixon Bros, our bruvs from Across the Water, said the Johnny Nunez episode is a favorite and super inspiring. How about Mensa the DJ who says Kid Mero. And he put it in caps, which yeah. means that it's real. That's right. Uh, Mikkel Obi said two many The Jorge Paniche is my most recent favorite. He must be from not in America because he said favorite with a U. And also Jorge Paniche is in town this week. Shout, shout out, out to, to him. Hang out with him. How about Soup Soprano who said most definitely the episode with West Side Gun. Jelani Carter said Jojo, Upscale Vandal, Jinx, Joe Fresh Goods, Rory, and Shomi Petwari. Shout out to Jelani Carter. Now Shomi wasn't actually on here but we do know him and so shout out to him. Mr. Urban Sports says his favorite episode is the Jeezy one. A humble B said both of Ari Lennox's episodes. I love Ari. El Victor says Action Bronson and West Side Gun. That's for all our wrestleheads out there. You mean me? That's that's for you, Jeff. Uh, just call me Flo said the Rockefeller Live Pod was a classic. I agree. Gary Malt, who is a relatively new listener, says he hasn't had the chance to dip into the archives too much, but favorites. Of the recent pods are Little Brother and West Side Gun. Good Music Golden said mine was probably the Isaiah Rashad episode. That's a really great one and one of our biggest from whatever year that was. Crazy. Shout out to Trifecta who says the Cardi episode. Whenever I introduce your show to somebody who's not hip, I send them to the Cardi episode. Great work there. D.Reyna said favorite moment was when A-Track was telling the story of when Cameron was asking what fiduciary meant which is an incredible story. Yes. Uh, his favorite episode is with Lil Brother. Shout out to Z Chillin', whose favorite episode is episode number 146 with The Locks. MT The Artist said the Kid Marrow episode is one of my favorites for sure. ShortT318 says Cardo Got Wings, where his height was exposed. Foxworth Danny, I'm going to guess his name is Danny Foxworth, said Prime was his favorite episode that's with voice the five nine and dj premier dj premier is the only person who walked into our apartment and then locked the door behind him (laughs) on some real (laughs) top lock yeah Yeah. louis the prophet says ibrahim from dreamville is his favorite episode i wear the cape said the one with joe budden wait not this one okay got it it was such a different time for him and one of the first good guest appearances he did where he didn't feel like he had to walk out a bunch of crying faces (laughs) (laughs) the wiseman show says New Year's Day 2018, episode number 163, Remembering Combat Jack, rest in peace to the GOAT. Jane Monkey, who I believe is from Europe, Said, been listening pretty much since the beginning, and still finally remember the DJ Clark Kent episode. Many gems on the early rock days, and great mood in that whole conversation. Shout out to Renee Vogel Jr., whose favorite episode is with Kevin Gates. Funny Julius just sent a gift of Chief Keef, mm-hmm. and I feel like we really should have gotten Chief Keef for this episode. I'm hey, sorry man. to Joe Button. J4King, the Rap Vibes Cartel, says to be honest, my favorite episode got to be number one thirty-three with Maul, but. I love the Rick Ross episode as well, so it's tough right now. Astronaut Jones said the Taxstone episode, and I do want to say uh, Taxstone has now been in prison for two years mm-hmm. this, this Martin Luther King day. So if you can write a letter to him, uh, I'm going to be posting the address on Twitter um, today. All right, shout out to Ain't No Jigga Jay Z himself, who said the Rockefeller one. Madera Mismo said Gerard Carmichael, John Legend, and both Ari Lennox episodes. How about Big Chief Patty Mahomes' Stan account, that's also known as A underscore breezy, who says it will always be Carter got wings and trying to figure out where he's really from and how tall he really is. One fucked up mind Is back He <laughs> said Although it's a different podcast Honorable mention To the mid-90s episode Of Two Jews And Two Black Jews A lot of people Don't know this We almost watched it With Jonah Hill This is true Life of Santino Gantino Sarcia Says Taxstone Combat Jack The dude that brought Kanye West.com, Which is Our guy Nabil Sycamore and Lenny S Were his favorite episodes Cheese Louise That's Cousin Lou Yeah Said Mama Real Episode was dope That's 250 Official CQ says Guapdad 4000 giving advice. That was a very, very funny episode. OG Carlton 77 said the episode with Cousin Stiz. Rebel Rome says easily both Guapdad episodes were his favorite. Oh Juarez, oh. Orlando Juarez, yes. So the Joe Fresh Goods episode, super inspirational. The David Jacoby episode is mad underrated, and the Meg the Stallion episode are all favorites. Hey Sosa, Cindy Chase says Drica Gates episode, she is a special type of woman. I see why Kevin Gates met her and knew he had to keep her a hundred very inspirational. Alex Deo said Dallas Martin get baby yoda on the podcast (laughs) all right yeah sure shout out to hovain who said his favorite episode his own (laughs) lol renzel w said cardo is probably my favorite of all time but it's tough because there are so many good ones and shout out to our guy John Yuru, who says Maul from the Joe Button podcast. I thought E. Pomad was interesting, and Chuck English. Congrats on the 300th. Jeff, congrats to you. Congrats to me. And as always, guys, not for real. For real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys next week. Grats!